and a very good day to you. Welcome to our podcast. This is your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, aka Freaky Chick 911. Woke up feeling a little bit sassy today. What's going on? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, um, did you ever notice when you're around a lot of negativity? just how bad the world can be, just how much like your disposition actually changes when there is any kind of negativity around you. And it could be people, it could be a situation that you're dealing with, it could be, you know, your finances, it could be your physical situation, like just bleh. And like, it seems like it's hard to get your way out of there. I know I've been there before. This is one of the reasons. This is, you know what, another reason I was thinking like, where do I even begin with this? This is the difference between, I'm just gonna uh, clear real quick and then we'll get into this whole negativity thing and how to, how to clear it, how to bust out of it, is I can't believe sometimes the, the difference between When you make decisions on how you want to steer your life in a different direction, like how, and then you go back to where you used to be, like how, how incredible like that difference is. And it reinforces why you make certain moves. The example is this, you know, I coach people from all different walks of life. And actually a lot of my clients come from the first respondership and the healthcare industry. And I was out with friends a couple weeks ago and one of my girlfriends who's, um, she's a, a department head uh, within a hospital. She said that uh, we were talking about, you know, different like job positions and stuff like that. And she said that she didn't want to take a particular position uh, within this one hospital because she said she didn't she didn't want to be responsible for 85 people who, what did she say? 85 miserable people who hate their job and just complain all day or something like that. And you know what? She was totally on point. Like when you're in that environment, I was thinking about like what it must be like to be a manager of like an emergency room where all of us all like literally the whole damn day, you're like so frustrated and maybe all of healthcare is not like this, but like you're dealing with just like you're dealing with bullshit. Like you get paid a higher dollar amount because your ability is because of your abilities to manage conflict and conflict on all on all ends. So it's it doesn't even have to be like interpersonal conflict. Like you're dealing with death and dying and you're dealing with language barrier and you're dealing with prejudice and you're dealing with like insects and like body fluids and like this is all happening in one in one like person like one one patient interaction and you're dealing with other departments and you're dealing with you know catching mistakes like you're you're just always on and you're dealing but I just remember like how much how sarcastic we become in that environment and depending on where you work like it's magnified so you know I like a lot of my you know boyfriends and stuff who did not come from an emergency background they didn't get the ER humor they didn't get that like we just needed to like vent and get stuff off of our chest and they became overly you know 
oh my God, like, oh, she's complaining again. It was really frustrating. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, I always say nursing was never meant to be a long-term strategy. I knew that, but that was another driving force that I didn't want to have that, that shit, that bullshit with me and bring that into what I wanted to have as like a sparkly marriage, if that makes sense. It was super hard for me to be able to shut that thing off. Like I'm, I'm one of these people and I tried it like on all different fronts to like, I'm one of these people. Like I, I, I don't know if I just become my environment, but like I embody the place. Like I take everything like through my whole entire core and it was super hard for me. And I think too, cause I was always in different like leadership positions too. Like I couldn't. I was dealing with more bullshit because I was managing like the complainers and and stuff and it was always hard for me not to carry that home in some in some capacity and I didn't want to do that anymore and so now that I'm coaching individuals I don't deal with the healthcare industry as much anymore on purpose because I it was freaking exhausting like the more I went out on my own and surrounded myself by positive people whether it was in the fitness environment, whether it was in people who were building businesses, just people of, of different mentation and they themselves were positive and didn't have all of that, you know, extraneous bullshit in their lives. I began to change in a very good way. And now when I return to it and I'm speaking with my people or just people from those industries, like, holy shit, like you just do not realize how incredibly negative it is until you're removed from it and then you go back and you're like whoa and you can't change that it's up to that person or those people to recognize where they are I'm glad that I recognized that I was miserable being with myself the problem was I didn't know what else I wanted to do that for me that made that that phase of transition out when I'm telling you it was like a solid year. All I did was freaking complain, 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 complain. Even when I started training real heavily and I was beginning to do show prep, I never complained about the show prep. Like I was always excited to go to the gym, get my ass kicked. I was excited to have like severe diets if you would to to get myself chiseled up and or put on muscle or whatever I complained about freaking work because there was so much freaking bullshit there like non-stop bullshit it was just like but it's hard when you don't know what it is that you want to jump to like there's nowhere to go and whoo man I just I just pray for my people who are in healthcare and people who are in first respondership because it sucks out there. Like I, maybe not every single place, but certainly the people with whom I interface tend to deal with pretty, pretty intense situations. And boy, oh boy, my heart goes out to you. My prayers go out to you because I don't know. <laughs> I, I will. The more I get like a soft spot and I think to myself, oh, you know what? Maybe healthcare is changing. Maybe I should reconsider my, my steps. I get an exposure over there and I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing that. Nope, 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 bye. And so, whoo, that's all I got to say. Now on that note, it got me to thinking about 
bullshit. So this is going to be a little bit more brazen of a podcast, but I know that I communicate to a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. So if you have sensitive ears, I'm going to be saying the word bullshit a lot, which I think that I have already. And and, and it's synonyms. (laughs) So, but if that's the language that you speak, then welcome, you're here. And here's the moral of the story. You cannot expect a positive life when you allow bullshit in your life. And, and notice the words that I'm using there. I didn't say when bullshit falls on you. I firmly uphold the position that you are always in the driver's seat. Like you always have a choice. You may be working in an environment. You may be an employee. You may have a boss. You may have clients. You may have patients. You may have coworkers. But how much bullshit you allow into your life, despite that position, is still up to you. Now, I wish that I had had this training, I think, earlier. And you know what? Looking back, I actually did. And I think that was one of the reasons why, again, I moved out of healthcare was that where I was moving to mentally and like in my heart, it was not compatible with that healthcare industry because I, I have developed like a zero bullshit tolerance policy in my life. And that that was actually the goal, like to live a bullshit free life. It was just talking about this yesterday. And when you allow bullshit in and bullshit can just, you know, trickle in, it can come in insidiously. It can come through affiliation. It can come through what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. Like it can come in that way or you can start it. There's people, there's people when there's no shit, start shit. You know people like that? Like they literally just come in and we call those people energy vampires. And what you need to know about those people is that that's how they get their their blood. By starting shit, they get that adrenaline pump. They get that energy like feed for themselves. And the weird thing is that they don't even know it. That's the hard thing is like you're dealing with these people and they're so flipping miserable or they're so used to siphoning energy and stirring up shit. Like sometimes they think that it's funny. Sometimes they just, I've coached people who had that dysfunction. Like they like to just throw bombs in a room and just, you know, watch, you know, how everybody reacts and they walk away and they kind of laugh and they stir shit up and that, that becomes like they're an instrument of that. And that, that's a character flaw. That's not an error in judgment. That's a character flaw, which needs character correction. Which is why we also have that spiritual component in my academy and in my coaching programs. Because character issues need heart correction. They know mentally that it's wrong. So you can't just do mindset training. Mindset is important, right? Mindset is going to keep you like keep your mind solid so that you don't allow insidious bullshit from infiltrating your mental space so that you continue to move forward and you're not distracted by people who start shit or peripheral riffraff or this, that, and the other, like you're in forward motion. But when it's you who starts the bullshit, that's a character flaw. And there's really no human being 
that I've met who's going to be able to correct your character flaw. We can correct your behavior, but true permanent change happens at the level of the heart. And in my experience, the only one who can do that is God because he convicts your heart and he works on it in a different way. That's all I have to say on that. So when I coach and I'm meeting somebody who, <clears throat> excuse me, may or may not have the walk of God in their life, I will always, just like in business or sales or wherever you are, you're always supposed to defer to a higher authority. I do. I throw it up there because you know what? If that person or this is somebody who you're dating will not submit to God's authority, they are never going to have either a repentant heart or they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to self-triage where they're at they're not going to be moving through conflict resolution with you because they don't believe or practice conflict prevention like they are they're like accelerants they're the sticks that are rubbing together to start the fire and they get a rise out of it so what I would say is, <laughs> if that's you, and you're on this podcast, I already, I already laid down the law. Like, that's a problem. That's a character flaw. And you will always, 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 always have problems in every area of your life, especially the interpersonal ones, because that's what you're doing. You may be very good in other places. You may have friends. You may be very intelligent. You may be very competent and adept in most People who are shit starters actually are very, very intelligent, very, very competent, very, very skilled. It's the character flaw, which then translates out into like you have a disrupted moral code oftentimes because there's, there's like no barometer to keep you on point. Right. So that's like a, that's like a big hitting one straight out of the box there. Now, after that, we get into the point of, all right, well, what are we going to do? How do we prevent bullshit? How do we you know, keep a bullshit free life? I want to have a positive life. This is where the rubber meets the road. When you have that eureka moment and you are suddenly like, holy shit, everything and everybody around me is freaking negative. That happens. I've coached people like that before who I've coached, you know, they went off, they did it, you know, they're in their life and all of a sudden they recontact, reconnect and they're like, oh my God, everybody around me is freaking negative. That's permissiveness on your end. Now, I, I don't know, you know, I've not quite, I don't think made it to like the next level yet. I'm working my way up. So for me right now, I'll be straight up honest with you. For me to keep the bullshit out is an active process because I'm still surrounded by individuals just by where I, where, you know, my zip code, where I'm living, like the, the suburbs where I'm living in, like I, <laughs> I'm among other people. It's not like I'm living in a bullshit free society. Like there's people who have, you know, negative things about them. They're going through bad shit. 
they haven't learned how to think, you know, at higher levels, like different things. And you can just be walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes up to you and they just feel like it's okay for them to start complaining or pointing out, you know, things about you. Like, what the frick, dude? Like, I don't even know you. What are you, what are you talking about right now? You know what I'm saying? And so as you're moving through, you've got to be a strong, tight guardian of your mental space and actively place yourself in places and around people who are positive. Not Pollyanna Sunshine Sally who live in like this figment place, but people who actively are putting structures or habits into place where they operate on the positive side rather than always looking for the negative to pull you or themselves or anybody else down. Does that make sense? Like there's night and day difference there. Now you always want to have friends around you who are going to be your inner circle who will tell you when you're screwing up, right? Because if you look at love and the, and the purpose of friend, like iron sharpens iron. So you're going to have those wise wisdom people who, who are going to be able to tell, you know what, you're not working up to your potential or I see you're moving in this bad direction. Like what's going on? They're always going to seek out information from you so that, you know, you have that solidarity and that and whatever's going on like they got you but there's a a night and day difference between just being around people who pretend like everything is okay and the people who honestly just live in a positive world like the more bullshit you get rid of look at it this way bullshit is is shit it's literally shit all right like a hot steamy pile of shit and shit attracts flies. I mean, let's get, let's get it down to its fundamental component there. All right? When you allow shit in any form, you attract flies. It smells. If you step on it, then it's on your shoe. And now you smell all damn day. Now you got to scrape that shit off. Whereas if you don't have shit, you don't have to worry about that. So it becomes more of a challenge of yourself, of your strength, of your intention. It challenges your goals. It challenges how you teach people how to treat you or what you're going to tolerate, this, that, and the other. You know, it's, it's a weird teaching on an aside. You know, I firmly, I firmly believe in love. And what it's explained to be in the Bible, like if you look at or listen to, everyone knows this, like love is patient, love is kind, right? That's all the things that love is. And it's just that, like love is that. It doesn't tell you what love is not, like it's not supposed to be doing. It tells you what it's supposed to do, like what it is. And then it paints out, like it's it's not boastful, it's not proud, right? It doesn't hold grudges, all these different things. But my, my issue all this while has been, well, I can uphold this element of love, but what happens when I go over here with these other people who don't uphold that? Now I have these people talking to me however they want. Am I supposed to sit here and just listen to essentially like they're bullshit like it was this weird dichotomy inside of my head like 
you know what, they're older than me, you're supposed to respect your elders, you know, maybe they have a position of authority over me, you know, they're a boss or, you know, an elder in, you know, your church or in your family or something like that. And they, like, where do you draw the line? Because you're not, like, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about having boundaries. You know, boundaries is putting up a fence and that's not letting people in. And that's not God's direction. Like, God's direction is, like, love your neighbor. And when they hurt you, you know, you're supposed to forgive them. How many times? Like, well, seven times? No. Seventy times? Seven times. And so then you get into these things. This was one of my my sticking points. Like, I had acquired a whole bunch of relationships that were so skewed with people who didn't have that same heart that I have. And not that I'm 100% perfect, because I will be the first to tell you, far from it, I'm a flawed human being, but I know that I have come a long way in my own personal development. I know that I have, I've put in the work. But even at that time, I remember my heart being softer than some of these other people who would just come around and just like contaminate the area. And I never knew what to do with that. Like, oh, am I just supposed to let them, like, are they just miserable? Like, are they going through something? Like, and, you know, it's worse, I probably, if you're, like, in a service industry, like, nursing, like, you're you're always trying to fix it and, and make it better. And, and you reach the end of the line and you're like, oh, my God, I just, I cannot do this anymore. Like, and every single place where I was going, it was nothing but negativity. And for me... You know, I'm like Miss 100% Committer over here. I put the walls up. I was just like, F this. There is so much bullshit in my life. Like, I don't even know where to begin. And that was when I, when I left my, my job, my last official, like, I was an employee for an organization job. That was 2014. It, this was like all chips on the table. I was literally so exhausted with my whole entire life that when I was making what was essentially at first like a career change or a change in how I was going to be earning income or producing income, it turned into a whole life transformation because there was shit everywhere. There was shit literally everywhere. And I knew it like going along and that was continuing to fuel like, oh my God, why am I so miserable? Why do I feel like there's stuff pulling me down like every single day? And I'm over here and I'm training with, you know, bodybuilders and it's a very, it's a very simple world to be in because we love to be there. It's a, it's about, you know, progress and making gains and challenging yourself to, to like the nth extent. Like when you're doing show prep, like, I mean, imagine fasting and working out. Like we still eat, but you're doing fat stripping. So you're like your calorie ratio to, to like calorie and energy consumption. Like it's, it has, it's close, man, because you still have to preserve muscle while you're doing this. And you push yourself beyond the points of what you'd even imagine. I remember this one time, this was so freaking funny. I, you know, so you don't have like cheat meals and stuff like that. Um, when you, when you get real close to the show, some people have the metabolism where they do. I'm not that girl. So I was running down the street, which I don't even like to do, but I made myself run, you know, to get rid of extra fat and lean up and stuff. And it was this one day 
it was this long road where I used to live and it was out through like there was a lot of farms around us so like the roads were super super long so I'm running down the street and I'm hungry and it was getting cold like I think this was like October so in Chicagoland so it's starting to get a little bit cool you don't have a lot of fat on your body so you're cold so I've got like five layers on you know running down the street it's cold out it was damp out and as I'm running along the shoulder I shit you not there was a french fry on the ground <laughs> I started thinking to myself like there's a french fry I want to eat that would it be bad if I ate that one french fry and then I started thinking how bad is it right now as I'm running how bad is it right now that I'm actually considering seriously considering picking up a french fry that's been on the ground outside near a farm in country land for how long I don't even know I'm considering eating it right now <laughs> Where did I get myself to? Like, how bad is this? And it was so hilarious, like, where your mind goes to. But what I'm saying is that even amidst that trial, which was voluntary, right? That's the other thing. Like, bodybuilding and competing, like, that's a voluntary choice. So no matter how far, you know, it is or how, how you know, far you want to push your body and test your mental strength you know it's still a world of positivity even though it gets hard and I always viewed contest prep as that like it's a privilege it's a very expensive hobby and so I remember having days when my mood wasn't bubbly and perky but I kept to myself during it. Like once I started doing training by myself, I wasn't training in person with a trainer and my coach was out of state. So I would, you know, have telephone conversations or email communications or whatever. It was me operating by myself and checking in with him. Like I didn't talk to or spread my negativity on other people. I kept it to myself. And that's how I uphold it. Like, if you have nothing good to say, like, just keep your effing mouth shut. You know, there's times, and I think my mental, my mental space is way different. I have a, a higher tolerance for what I allow now to even let ruffle my feathers. So when people say, like, oh, my God, I got to vent, I got to get this out. My, my, I guess, tolerance or what I consider to be bothersome, like, I just don't infuse any of my energy into it anymore. So people are going to do the dumb shit that they're going to do. You know what? I'm, I'm very selective of where I invest my energy nowadays. I invest it in the people who are in my inner circle. I invest it into my home environment because that requires active work and active energy and you want to curate it you want to develop those relationships you want to have your physical environment be your your peace pole if you would right that's the place where you come and you just like you shut the world out and you you restore yourself you replenish yourself there's life inside of there and you prepare to go out and carpe or damn diem after you've been there you know i invest my energy in my clients of whom want to be there right it's not you know, I have had people in the past who are relying on me to pull them up a mountain and I won't do that. 
right? That's not, that's not part of the coaching balance. There's times when you have, you know, negativity, try to find out what's going on, but ultimately it's that individual's responsibility to triage where they're at and then either decide to subscribe themselves to, like I did, an environment of positivity and use it as that, as that rope to pull yourself out of it and then move or look at motivational videos or do something with your mental space rather than just allow it to dump out all over the place. You know, like I invest my energy, my positive energy into the things that I'm building and have put up pretty solid, like, no, this stuff, there's no bullshit which is allowed into this space. And I'm telling you, it was hard. It was hard to do. And it it's not so hard anymore because people know where I stand but moving through that like getting rid of and removing thyself and making sure that people understand the fact like gossip that I I uphold that like that is a cancer gossip is a cancer and I praise the day when I heard on Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Podcast, this is several years ago, that he has a no gossip policy that the end result of, if his employees do, it's, it's potential for, for um, firing, like you get fired if you freaking gossip. And that's what I always wanted to have. I never knew how to do it. So I put that in my organization, right? I don't want that bullshit in my organization which demands a higher version of me because now when I am now to the point where it's time to grow a team and have other people come into the organization, I have to have in place, you can call it policy and procedure, like policy and procedures, structures, expectations to let them know from the get, this is what, this is our culture here. You are not allowed to bring your culture in here. Like it's a very, my hiring process, my affiliation process, like it's slow. I got to know your characters because I'm not here to do character correction. I will invest and develop my people and develop my team. That's, that's part of it. That's what I stand for. You know, you go through salty times, if you will, but it's not my job to do character correction. Like gossip is a habit and it, it is threaded into your character and we do not do that here. So now that demands a different version of me to uphold that. And as we do more business and as I'm not sitting there side by side with these people, right? And you've got different layers or different structures of your team, if you would, how that gets translated out so that the people who are quote unquote underneath you, down your pipeline, your downline or whatever, are going to hold that same bar. Do you know what I'm saying? And as a woman, I will tell you, like, I never wanted to be spiny. I never wanted to be that woman like, oh, here she's coming. Like, that's not the culture that I want to create. I want it to be that clean culture where everybody who comes in knows what to expect. This is a clean culture. Like, we do not do that shit. We do not allow bullshit. We don't start shit. We don't allow it to trickle in. Like, we are guardians of that space. That's a, that's a hard, that's a tall order. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? But it can be done. Do you know? And I think that's why I feel like my organization is so refreshing to people. 
because there is so much peripheral riffraff and there's so much bullshit which exists out there that it's a refreshing place to come where we're very growth oriented and you know we've got to create that space for you so that you can then grow you do not have to have bullshit in your life like and and this ties into everything this ties into you know your fitness you're gonna have a lot of bullshit to deal with if you're allowing bullshit in if you don't work out if you allow drugs and alcohol in you're gonna be dealing with bullshit you're going to have body aches, you're going to have stalled metabolism, you're going to have a dampen in your in your in your spirit and in your in your attitude. Same thing if you have a lot of processed food in your like it's there. You're dealing with bullshit. Plus any illnesses that you get this applies to your finances. When you are not producing, I want to speak clearly on this one. When you're not producing your way out of your current financial situation, and I'm, maybe you're maybe you're rolling like you're balling big time and, and you've got the stuff and you've got the toys and you're able to spend and you've got more money than you have than you know what to do with. You know, you've got to decide, though, like, where am I positionally? Am I actually in that space? Am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? Am I around other people who who still have a lot like they still bring a lot of shit to the table like all they do is try to brag and show off what they can do what they can have blah 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 blah. and no matter what they do they're still miserable and then this one said this and this one said that like my goal is to move my family out of the bullshit of things like not having enough money or worrying about money like that's a huge driver for me it's not it's not the the having of the money like ah, I need to have all this money it's the freedom that comes with not having to deal with low-level bullshit like that the repo man coming to get you late notices of your bill you're going into foreclosure I mean any of that stuff Oh my God, gas prices. How can this be 20 20 cents more? It was just, you know, 20 cents less a half an hour ago. Like I want to move my family into a different place, which is then going to bring in, you know, a whole different, a whole different level of teaching. Like how do I install work ethic and and understanding and, and appreciation for how do I, how do I teach them not to be entitled? Right. So that will, that we'll get to that when we, when we cross that bridge. But what I'm saying is to have that bullshit free life. That's the goal. And when you do that, it's like a whole game changer. And now when you're moving through transformation and you have those days where you're not producing as fast, the results are not coming as quickly, all of a sudden now you look you look at your current station like you triage your current position and you look around and you say you know what if I stop now I still am around this bullshit it it further incentivizes you to keep on moving forward and it increases your focus and your intensity and your tenacity to not stall but to actually you know dump some accelerant on your process here so that you can keep on moving and that's so it becomes like a whole entire thing, but it's 100% up to you to be triaging that position and going. And for me, maybe it's different because right now I'm operating in a space where I'm not on a career track. I think, you know, looking back within the field of nursing, my self triage was 
okay, what, what are my weak spots? What do I need to learn so that when I move to becoming a flight nurse, I'm going to be able to help any person who calls us. I don't ever want to be in a position where I don't know what to do for the person who I'm, I'm the one that they're calling to help. Like I'm the help that the help calls when the help needs help. Like what would be worse when your flight crew shows up and we don't know what the F to do with you? <laughs> now what? I never wanted to be in that position. I always wanted to have the answers. And so it was very easy for me to know, like, what are my weak spots? Neuro is my weak spot. OB is my weak spot. Trauma is my weak spot. PEDS is my weak spot. And then go and then get as much information and get as much experience as I could to learn and tap into the brains of, you know, the brilliant people I was working with and people in the industry and read and all this stuff so that I could become that best practitioner. Like, but it was very clearly demarcated on a, on a, like a, a, it's a career track. Like, this is what you have to do. This is who you want to be. This is what you have to do. The, the cool thing now is that I'm making this stuff up. Like, who is it that I want to be out here? What's the organization that I want to build? What's this new income track for myself that I want to have and, and for our family? Like, other people have done it, so it's, I'm, not make, I'm not recreating the wheel. But what I'm saying, it's not a dedicated track like it is when you're on a job. So this is totally different. So that element of checking in and triaging my position is happening at more frequent intervals. Whereas before, it was definitely just go in. There was no financial incentive early on in my nursing career. It was literally like the money was going to be there. I was going to be getting paid. Everything was fine. Everything locked down and loaded. 800 credit score. Like it was very, very in. I never gave second thought to income until the industry started to change. And I remember getting my taxes done one year. And... I had earned more income. Why did I do that? I started working agency and started wanting to, I started to want to make more money per hour because I was talking to people who had come and worked temporarily with us. They were agency nurses and they were making twice an hour what I was making. And then when I did further questioning, I learned that not only was my organization paying them twice my hourly they were also paying the agency that staffed them and that pissed me off like on the one end it was cool like I can do the same thing but as that staff person it pissed me off like they always you know what I'm getting a 10 cent an hour raise over here are you kidding me to manage this amount of conflict and bullshit this is what you're offering me and I have to like prove myself like on a daily basis and when that eval comes around, if I get too high of a score, that means that somebody else has to get a lower score. Like the whole thing just flipping pissed me off. And the more I started learning about this and then I went and got my taxes done. And even though that one year I earned higher income, I got crucified on taxes because the only thing that happened was it put me into a higher tax bracket. So at the end of the day, my take home actually wasn't any better. Only I was more tired because I worked more hours. I was more frustrated because I was around bullshit more frequently. Like it was this incessant spiral. And I was just like, there's no way out. And then just thank God. Like my brother Carl one day invited me to an event. He was doing um, network marketing 
for this educational company that was involved with real estate investing and entrepreneurship. And I started learning more about um, wealth as opposed to just income generation. And like the rest is history. So it was like one thing after another and it was feeding me the information and what I actually needed but I didn't know how to do it. And I was so caught up like in that day to day of bullshit. I didn't know how to pull myself out, even though I was aware that I had to get out. Does that make sense? And so that it has not, and leaving it hasn't been bullshit free. Like in order to yank myself out of that industry, I had to go through an excessive amount of bullshit. Like you gotta pay consequences for your decisions and for your actions. And it was hard, but I'm telling you, when you start to move in a new direction and you put up those, those posts of what you stand for, your value system, you know, what's your mission, what's your vision, you know, what's this thing that you're doing, you know, you're committing to a long-term goal. You're not always attaching to the vehicle with which you use to move there. And this is in any area I'm giving financial uh, example right now, but for me, that's what it was. And I want to leave, I want to live a bullshit free life. I'm tired of this. Like I'm tired of being around, you know, drunken, drugged up people all the time. That's bullshit. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Like it got to that point. And so when you're in that situation, like the rules for living a bullshit free life, I should probably put a blog post up about this. Like number one, focus on your own shit. (laughs) Don't start shit where there is no shit. (laughs) don't tolerate any bullshit clean up all bullshit (laughs) like it's pretty pretty simple you know what I'm saying but it requires an active an active participant of yourself like you you've got to be actively involved in the process and do this constant you know you're either teaching your people or you're you know putting up these posts of, of, of what it's going to be and what it's not going to be. And it can be really challenging, you know, as you're moving through that. So if you're at, if you're at that phase, man, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. It gets better, but you've got to continue moving forward. That's why I'm so like into like pushing the envelope. Like you've got to move forward you've got to go next level like there's no other word or way to categorize it or to say this or to paraphrase it like in my mind you can either view this as like a hallway like you're walking down the hallway and you've got rooms full of bullshit like sometimes you're gonna be able to clean them up and other times you just kind of like close the door keep the bullshit in there and walk right past them and go and don't stop until you get to the to the next door to the end of the hallway Right. Or other times it's like a video game and you're jumping levels and down here, maybe you're in the underworld and you're surrounded, you know, by beasts and things that are trying to get at you. You've got to actively move yourself to a higher station to get out of the bullshit. So you're going to have to actually jump higher, fight harder, push, push stronger to break out of there. But I'm telling you, when you do when you do, it's a hundred percent worth it. I would not lie to you. I would not lie to you. But when you're navigating that road alone, which I know a lot of you are, either you don't have a support network, you're surrounded by a bunch of bullshit and negativity. I get it. I've been there. 
you've grown up in poverty, you've grown up in an environment where all you see is badness. After you have your eureka moment of, does it honestly have to be like this? Or I'm so freaking tired of this shit. That's the beginning. That's the encouraging point. Like, holy crap. I don't have to settle for this. I can grow, I can build, I can develop, I can change this. But it is going to require every cell of your being to do that. And you've got to decide which side of the fence are you gonna stay on. It only hurts till you make a decision, okay? When you're feeling that loss of that loss of power, it's, it's just because you haven't committed, you haven't decided, you haven't committed to which side of the fence you want to live on, which side of the fence you want to be on, which side of the fence you want to work on. That's up to you. So it, it goes back to having that mental tenacity of and, and decisiveness of this is what I'm going to do, period. And there's going to be guppies and, and piranhas who are going to try to, you know, peck at you and chop at you as you're getting your way out. There's going to be people who are trying to pull you back down. They're fearing that you're changing. You're going to leave them behind. They're going to be, you know, razzing you and nagging you. And when you have accomplishments, they're going to bash them down. They're jealous of you. They, 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 they think that they can't do it. I mean, there's all these things when you start realizing why people do what they do you're going to be able to see it clear as day. And when they come at you, it's not going to bother you, which is awesome because as you're moving through the bullshit, you can't afford to just throw rocks at every dog that barks at you. Like you've got to be choosy about where you're investing your energy. So instead of you being like Bambi on the ice and your little legs wipe out, Anytime anybody says something or the winds get strong and it knocks you down, you're going to have some traction where you are now stronger mentally, physically, spiritually. You're rock solid. And even though now you've got crosswinds, you've got, you know, different things that are coming after you, it's not going to matter. You're going to be able to remain with firm footing. And even if you do wipe out, you're going to be able to stand right back up and keep on going. Like that's part of the process. That's part of the building. That's part of like that strength and, and the mental fortitude that you have from the growth process. But if there's one piece of advice I could give you, it's make sure that you're building it right. Like bullshit free. When you do that, it's a game changer. It's hard, but it's 100% worth it, I promise you. So let's go out there. Let's, if you're in, all chips on the table. Okay, this is what I'm going to invite you to do. If you are up for the challenge and your goal is to honestly live a bullshit free life. Okay, there's always going to be conflict. All right. Again, this is not sunshine and rainbows. This is not, you know, artificial world, but like bullshit free life where you're able to remain on on the offense in the driver's seat all the time. You've got command over your day where you spend it like you're you're there. And you're able to build bigger and take on different projects and do all kinds of stuff that you can't do because you're tangled up in the bullshit. Let's do this. Send me an email. <gasps> what? Yes. Send me an email. If you're committing yourself to living a bullshit free life. Whoa. Okay. And if you're a freaking spammer, 
dude, I'll kick your ass. Don't do that, okay? So everybody else, if you're if you're committed, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't very nice of me. I take that back. I can't, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but really, don't spam me. Anyway, if you're committing to living a bullshit-free life, send me an email. All right, Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, at transformationgold.org. And put in the heading, I commit to living a bullshit-free life. And if you don't swear, then you can, you know, use the words BS. Okay, let's go out. Let's rock it out. Make it a great day. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us. And a very good day to you. Welcome to our podcast. This is your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. Chick 911 Woke up feeling a little bit sassy today. What's going on? And I was thinking to myself, um, did you ever notice when you're around a lot of negativity, just how bad the world can be, just how much like your disposition actually changes when there is any kind of negativity around you? And it could be people, it could be a situation that you're dealing with, it could be you know, your finances, it could be your physical situation, like just bleh, and like it seems like it's hard to get your way out of there. I know I've been there before. This is one of the reasons. This is, you know what, another reason I was thinking like, where do I even begin with this? This is the difference between, I'm just going to uh, clear real quick and then we'll get into this whole negativity thing and how to, how to clear it, how to bust out of it, is I can't believe sometimes the, the difference between when you make decisions on how you want to steer your life in a different direction, like how, and then you go back to where you used to be, like how, how incredible like that difference is. And it reinforces why you make certain moves. The example is this, you know, I coach people from all different walks of life. And actually a lot of my clients come from first respondership and the healthcare industry and I was out with friends a couple weeks ago and one of my girlfriends who's um, she's a, a department head uh, within a hospital she said that uh, we were talking about you know different like job positions and stuff like that and she said that she didn't want to take a particular position uh, within this one hospital because she said she didn't she didn't want to be responsible for 85 people who, what did she say? 85 miserable people who hate their job and just complain all day or something like that. And you know what? She was totally on point. Like when you're in that environment, I was thinking about like what it must be like to be a manager of like an emergency room where all of us, all like literally the whole damn day, you're like so frustrated and maybe all of healthcare is not like this but like you're dealing with just like you're dealing with bullshit like you get paid a higher dollar amount because your ability is because of your abilities to manage conflict and conflict on all on all ends so it's it doesn't even have to be like interpersonal conflict like you're dealing with death and dying and you're dealing with language barrier and you're dealing with prejudice and you're dealing with like insects and like body fluids and like this is all happening in one in one 
like person, like one <laughs> one patient interaction, and you're dealing with other departments, and you're dealing with you know catching mistakes. Like you're you're just always on, and you're dealing. But I just remember like how much. <laughs> how sarcastic we become in that environment and depending on where you work like it's magnified so you know I like a lot of my you know boyfriends and stuff who did not come from an emergency background they didn't get the ER humor they didn't get that like we just needed to like vent and get stuff off of our chest and they became overly you know oh my god like oh she's complaining again it was really frustrating and that was one of the reasons why you know I always say nursing was never meant to be a long-term strategy I knew that but that was another driving force that I didn't want to have that that shit that bullshit with me and bring that into what I wanted to have as like a sparkly marriage if that makes sense it was super hard for me to be able to shut that thing off like I'm I'm one of these people and I tried it like on all different fronts to like I'm one of these people like I I I don't know if I just become my environment but like I embody the place like I take everything like through my whole entire core and it was super hard for me and I think too because I was always in different like leadership positions too like I couldn't I was dealing with more bullshit because I was managing like the complainers and, and stuff and it was always hard for me not to carry that home in some in some capacity and I didn't want to do that anymore and so now that I'm coaching individuals I don't deal with the healthcare industry as much anymore on purpose because I it was freaking exhausting like the more I went out on my own and surrounded myself by positive people whether it was in the fitness environment whether it was in people who were building businesses just people of of different mentation and they themselves were positive and didn't have all of that you know extraneous bullshit in their lives I began to change in a very good way and now when I return to it and I'm speaking with my people or just people from those industries like holy shit like you just do not realize how incredibly negative it is until you're removed from it and then you go back and you're like whoa and you can't change that it's up to that person or those people to recognize where they are I'm glad that I recognized that I was miserable being with myself the problem was I didn't know what else I wanted to do that for me that made that that phase of transition out when I'm telling you it was like a solid year all I did was freaking complain 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 even when I started training real heavily and I was beginning to do show prep I never complained about the show prep like I was always excited to go to the gym get my ass kicked I was excited to have like severe diets if you would to to get myself chiseled up and or put on muscle or whatever I complained about freaking work because there was so much freaking bullshit there like non-stop bullshit it was just like but it's hard when you don't know what it is that you want to jump to like there's nowhere to go and whoo man I just 
I just pray for my people who are in healthcare and people who are in first respondership because it sucks out there. Like I, maybe not every single place, but certainly the people with whom I interface tend to deal with pretty, pretty intense situations. And boy, oh boy, my heart goes out to you. My prayers go out to you because I don't know. <laughs> I, I will, the more I get like a soft spot and I think to myself, oh, you know what? Maybe healthcare is changing. Maybe I should reconsider my, my steps. I get an exposure over there and I'm like, oh no, I'm not doing that. Nope, 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 bye. And so, whoo, that's all I got to say. Now on that note, it got me to thinking about bullshit. So this is going to be a little bit more brazen of a podcast, but I know that I communicate to a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. So if you have sensitive ears, I'm going to be saying the word bullshit a lot, which I think that I have already. And, and, and it's synonyms. <laughs> so, but if that's the language that you speak, then welcome. You're here. And here's the moral of the story. You cannot expect a positive life when you allow bullshit in your life. And, and notice the words that I'm using there. I didn't say when bullshit falls on you. I firmly uphold the position that you are always in the driver's seat. Like you always have a choice. You may be working in an environment. You may be an employee. You may have a boss. You may have clients. You may have patients. You may have coworkers. But how much bullshit you allow into your life, despite that position, is still up to you. Now, I wish that I had had this training, I think, earlier. And you know what? Looking back, I actually did. And I did, that was one of the reasons why, again, I moved out of healthcare was that where I was moving to mentally and like in my heart, it was not compatible with that healthcare industry because I, I have developed like a zero bullshit tolerance policy in my life. And that that was actually the goal, like to live a bullshit free life. I was just talking about this yesterday. And when you allow bullshit in and bullshit can just, you know, trickle in, it can come in insidiously. It can come through affiliation. It can come through what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. Like it can come in that way or you can start it. There's people, there's people when there's no shit, start shit. You know people like that? Like they literally just come in and we call those people energy vampires. And what you need to know about those people is that that's how they get their their blood. By starting shit. They get that adrenaline pump. They get that energy like feed for themselves. And the weird thing is that they don't even know it. That's the hard thing is like you're dealing with these people and they're so flipping miserable or they're so used to siphoning energy and stirring up shit. Like sometimes they think that it's funny. Sometimes they just, I've coached people who had that dysfunction. Like they like to just throw bombs in a room and just, you know, watch, you know, how everybody reacts and they walk away and they kind of laugh and they stir shit up and that, that becomes like they're an instrument of that. And that, that's a character flaw. That's not an error in judgment. That's a character flaw, which needs character correction, which is why we also have that spiritual component in my academy and in my coaching programs, because character issues need heart correction. They know mentally that it's wrong. So you can't just do mindset training 
mindset is important, right? Mindset is gonna keep you, like keep your mind solid so that you don't allow insidious bullshit from infiltrating your mental space so that you continue to move forward and you're not distracted by people who start shit or peripheral riffraff or this, that, and the other. Like you're in forward motion. But when it's you who starts the bullshit, that's a character flaw. And there's really no human being that I've met who's going to be able to correct your character flaw. We can correct your behavior, but true permanent change happens at the level of the heart. And in my experience, the only one who can do that is God because he convicts your heart and he works on it in a different way. That's all I have to say on that. So when I coach and I'm meeting somebody who, excuse me, may or may not have the walk of God in their life, I will always, just like in business or sales or wherever you are, you're always supposed to defer to a higher authority. I do. I throw it up there because you know what? If that person or this is somebody who you're dating will not submit to God's authority, they are never going to have either a repentant heart or they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to self-triage where they're at they're not going to be moving through conflict resolution with you because they don't believe or practice conflict prevention like they are they're like accelerants they're the sticks that are rubbing together to start the fire and they get a rise out of it so What I would say is (laughs) if that's you and you're on this podcast, I already, I already laid down the law. Like that's a problem. That's character flaw. And you will always, 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 always have problems in every area of your life, especially the interpersonal ones, because that's what you're doing. You may be very good in other places. You may have friends. You may be very intelligent. You may be very competent and adept in most People who are shit starters actually are very, very intelligent, very, very competent, very, very skilled. It's the character flaw, which then translates out into like you have a disrupted moral code oftentimes because there's there's like no barometer to keep you on point. Right. So that's like that's like a big hitting one straight out of the box there. Now, after that, we get into the point of, all right, well, what are we going to do? How do we prevent bullshit? How do we, you know, keep a bullshit free life? I want to have a positive life. This is where the rubber meets the road. When you have that eureka moment and you are suddenly like, holy shit, everything and everybody around me is freaking negative. That happens. I've coached people like that before who I've coached, you know, they went off, they did it, you know, they're in their life and all of a sudden they recontact, reconnect and they're like, oh my God, everybody around me is freaking negative. That's permissiveness on your end. Now, I, I don't know, you know, I've not quite, I don't think made it to like the next level yet. I'm working my way up. So for me right now, I'll be straight up honest with you. For me to keep the bullshit out is an active process because I'm still surrounded by individuals just by where I, where, you know, my zip code, where I'm living, like the, the suburbs where I'm living in, like I, 
<laughs> I'm among other people. It's not like I'm living in a bullshit free society. Like there's people who have, you know, negative things about them. They're going through bad shit. They haven't learned how to think, you know, at higher levels, like different things. And you can just be walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes up to you and they just feel like it's okay for them to start complaining or pointing out, you know, things about you. Like, what the frick, dude? Like, I don't even know you. What are you, what are you talking about right now? You know what I'm saying? And so as you're moving through, you've got to be a strong, tight guardian of your mental space and actively place yourself in places and around people who are positive. Not Pollyanna Sunshine Sally who live in like this figment place, but people who actively are putting structures or habits into place where they operate on the positive side rather than always looking for the negative to pull you or themselves or anybody else down. Does that make sense? Like there's night and day difference there. Now you always want to have friends around you who are going to be your inner circle who will tell you when you're screwing up, right? Because if you look at love and the, and the purpose of friend, like iron sharpens iron. So you're going to have those wise wisdom people who, who are going to be able to tell, you know what, you're not working up to your potential or I see you're moving in this bad direction. Like what's going on? They're always going to seek out information from you so that, you know, you have that solidarity and that and whatever's going on like they got you but there's a a night and day difference between just being around people who pretend like everything is okay and the people who honestly just live in a positive world like the more bullshit you get rid of look at it this way bullshit is is shit it's literally shit all right like a hot steamy pile of shit and shit attracts flies. I mean, let's get, let's get it down to its fundamental component there. All right? When you allow shit in any form, you attract flies. It smells. If you step on it, then it's on your shoe. And now you smell all damn day. Now you got to scrape that shit off. Whereas if you don't have shit, you don't have to worry about that. So it becomes more of a challenge of yourself, of your strength, of your intention. It challenges your goals. It challenges how you teach people how to treat you or what you're going to tolerate, this, that, and the other. You know, it's, it's a weird teaching on an aside. You know, I firmly, I firmly believe in love. And what it's explained to be in the Bible, like if you look at or listen to, everyone knows this, like love is patient, love is kind, right? That's all the things that love is. And it's just that, like love is that. It doesn't tell you what love is not, like it's not supposed to be doing. It tells you what it's supposed to do, like what it is. And then it paints out, like it's, it's not boastful, it's not proud, right? It doesn't hold grudges, all these different things. But my, my issue all this while has been, well, I can uphold this element of love, but what happens when I go over here with these other people who don't uphold that? Now I have these people talking to me however they want. Am I supposed to sit here and just listen to 
essentially like they're bullshit like it was this weird dichotomy inside of my head like you know what they're older than me you're supposed to respect your elders you know maybe they have a position of authority over me you know they're a boss or you know an elder in you know your church or in your family or something like that and they like where do you draw the line because you're not like nowhere in the bible does it talk about having boundaries you know boundaries is putting up a fence and that's not letting people in and that's not god's direction like god's direction is like love your neighbor and when they hurt you you know you're supposed to forgive them how many times like well seven times no 70 times seven times and so then you get into these things this was one of my my sticking points like i had acquired a whole bunch of relationships that were so skewed with people who didn't have that same heart that i have and not that i'm 100 percent perfect because i will be the first to tell you far from it i'm a flawed human being but i know that i have come a long way in my own personal development i know that i have i've put in the work but even at that time i remember my heart being softer than some of these other people who would just come around and just like contaminate the area and I never knew what to do with that. Like, oh, am I just supposed to let them, like, are they just miserable? Like, are they going through something? Like, and you know, it's worse. I probably, if you're like in a service industry, like nursing, like you're, you're always trying to fix it and, and make it better. And, and you reach the end of the line and you're like, oh my God, I just, I cannot do this anymore. Like, and every single place where I was going, it was nothing but negativity. And for me, you know, I'm like Miss 100% Committer over here. I put the walls up. I was just like, F this. There is so much bullshit in my life. Like, I don't even know where to begin. And that was when I, when I left my, my job, my last official, like, I was an employee for an organization job. That was 2014. It, this was like all chips on the table. I was literally so exhausted with my whole entire life that when I was making what was essentially at first like a career change or a change in how I was going to be earning income or producing income, it turned into a whole life transformation because there was shit everywhere. There was shit literally everywhere. And I knew it like going along and that was continuing to fuel like, oh my God, why am I so miserable? Why do I feel like there's stuff pulling me down like every single day? And I'm over here and I'm training with, you know, bodybuilders and it's a very, it's a very simple world to be in because we love to be there. It's a, it's about, you know, progress and making gains and challenging yourself to, to like the nth extent. Like when you're doing show prep, like, I mean, imagine fasting and working out. Like we still eat, but you're doing fat stripping. So you're like your calorie ratio to, to like calorie and energy consumption. Like it's, it has, it's close, man, because you still have to preserve muscle while you're doing this. And you push yourself beyond the points of what you would even imagine. I remember this one time, this was so freaking funny. I, you know, so you don't have like cheat meals and stuff like that. Um, when you, when you get real close to the show, some people have the metabolism where they do. I'm not that girl. So I was running down the street, which I don't even like to do, but I made myself run, you know, to get rid of extra fat. 
and lean up and stuff and it was this one day it was this long road where I used to live and it was out through like there was a lot of farms around us so like the roads were super super long so I'm running down the street and I'm hungry and it was getting cold like I think this was like October so in Chicagoland so it's starting to get a little bit cool you don't have a lot of fat on your body so you're cold so I've got like five layers on you know running down the street it's cold out it was damp out and as I'm running along the shoulder I shit you not there was a french fry on the ground I started thinking to myself like there's a french fry I want to eat that would it be bad if I ate that one french fry and then I started thinking how bad is it right now as I'm running how bad is it right now that I'm actually considering seriously considering picking up a french fry that's been on the ground outside near a farm in country land for how long, I don't even know. I'm considering eating it right now. Like, where, where did I get myself to? Like, how bad is this? And it was so hilarious, like, where your mind goes to. But what I'm saying is that even amidst that trial, which was voluntary, right? That's the other thing. Like, bodybuilding and competing, like, that's a voluntary choice. So no matter how far, you know, it is or how how, you know, far you want to push your body and test your mental strength you know it's still a world of positivity even though it gets hard and I always viewed contest prep as that like it's a privilege it's a very expensive hobby and so I remember having days when my mood wasn't bubbly and perky but I kept to myself during it. Like once I started doing training by myself, I wasn't training in person with a trainer and my coach was out of state. So I would, you know, have telephone conversations or email communications or whatever. It was me operating by myself and checking in with him. Like I didn't talk to or spread my negativity on other people. I kept it to myself. And that's how I uphold it. Like, if you have nothing good to say, like, just keep your effing mouth shut. You know, there's times, and I think my mental, my mental space is way different. I have a, a higher tolerance for what I allow now to even let ruffle my feathers. So when people say, like, oh, my God, I got a vent, I got to get this out. My, my, I guess, tolerance or what I consider to be bothersome, like, I just don't infuse any of my energy into it anymore. So people are going to do the dumb shit that they're going to do. You know what? I'm, I'm very selective of where I invest my energy nowadays. I invest it in the people who are in my inner circle. I invest it into my home environment because that requires active work and active energy. And you want to curate it. You want to develop those relationships. You want to have your physical environment be your your peace pole, if you would, right? That's the place where you come and you just like, you shut the world out and you you restore yourself, you replenish yourself. There's life inside of there and you prepare to go out right, and carpe or damn after you've been there. You know, I invest my energy in my clients of whom want to be there. Right. It's not 
you know, I've had people in the past who are relying on me to pull them up a mountain and I won't do that, right? That's not, that's not part of the coaching balance. There's times when you have, you know, negativity, try to find out what's going on, but ultimately it's that individual's responsibility to triage where they're at and then either decide to subscribe themselves to, like I did, an environment of positivity and use it as that as that rope to pull yourself out of it and then move or look at motivational videos or do something with your mental space rather than just allow it to dump out all over the place you know like I invest my energy my positive energy into the things that I'm building and have put up pretty solid like no this stuff there's no bullshit which is allowed into this space and I'm telling you it was hard it was hard to do and it it's not so hard anymore because people know where I stand But moving through that, like getting rid of and removing thyself and making sure that people understand the fact like gossip that I I uphold that like that is a cancer. Gossip is a cancer. And I praise the day when I heard on Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership podcast, this is several years ago, that he has a no gossip policy that the end result of if his employees do, it's it's potential for for. firing like you get fired if you freaking gossip and that's what I always wanted to have I never knew how to do it so I put that in my organization right I don't want that bullshit in my organization which demands a higher version of me because now when I am now to the point where it's time to grow a team and have other people come into the organization I have to have in place you can call it policy and procedure, like policy and procedures, structures, expectations to let them know from the get, this is what, this is our culture here. You are not allowed to bring your culture in here. Like it's a very, my hiring process, my affiliation process, like it's slow. I got to know your characters because I'm not here to do character correction. I will invest and develop my people and develop my team. That's that's part of it. That's what I stand for. You know, you go through salty times, if you will, but it's not my job to do character correction. Like gossip is a habit and it, it is threaded into your character and we do not do that here. So now that demands a different version of me to uphold that. And as we do more business and as I'm not sitting there side by side with these people, right? And you've got different layers or different structures of your team, if you would, how that gets translated out so that the people who are quote unquote underneath you, down your pipeline, your downline or whatever, are going to hold that same bar. Do you know what I'm saying? And as a woman, I will tell you like, I never wanted to be spiny. I never wanted to be that woman like, oh, here she's coming. Like, that's not the culture that I want to create. I wanted to be that clean culture where everybody who comes in knows what to expect. This is a clean culture. Like, we do not do that shit. We do not allow bullshit. We don't start shit. We don't allow it to trickle in. Like, we are guardians of that space. That's a, that's a hard, that's a tall order. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? But it can be done. Do you know? And I think that's why 
I feel like my organization is so refreshing to people because there is so much peripheral riffraff and there's so much bullshit which exists out there that it's a refreshing place to come where we're very growth oriented and you know we've got to create that space for you so that you can then grow you do not have to have bullshit in your life like and and this ties into everything this ties into you know your fitness you're gonna have a lot of bullshit to deal with if you're allowing bullshit in if you don't work out if you allow drugs and alcohol in you're gonna be dealing with bullshit you're going to have body aches, you're going to have stalled metabolism, you're going to have a dampen in your in your in your spirit and in your in your attitude. Same thing if you have a lot of processed food in your like it's there, you're dealing with bullshit. Plus any illnesses that you get, this applies to your finances. When you are not producing, I want to speak clearly on this one. When you're not producing your way out of your current financial situation, and I'm, maybe you're maybe you're rolling like you're balling big time and, and you've got the stuff and you've got the toys and you're able to spend and you've got more money than you have than you know what to do with. You know, you've got to decide, though, like, where am I positionally? Am I actually in that space? Am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? Am I around other people who who still have a lot like they still bring a lot of shit to the table like all they do is try to brag and show off what they can do what they can have blah 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 blah. and no matter what they do they're still miserable and then this one said this and this one said that like my goal is to move my family out of the bullshit of things like not having enough money or worrying about money like that's a huge driver for me it's not it's not the the having of the money like ah, I need to have all this money it's the freedom that comes with not having to deal with low-level bullshit like that the repo man coming to get you late notices of your bill you're going into foreclosure I mean any of that stuff Oh my God, gas prices. How can this be 20, 20 cents more? It was just, you know, 20 cents less a half an hour ago. Like I want to move my family into a different place, which is then going to bring in, you know, a whole different, a whole different level of teaching. Like how do I install work ethic and, and understanding and, and appreciation for how do I, how do I teach them not to be entitled? Right. So that will, that we'll get to that when we, when we cross that bridge. But what I'm saying is to have that bullshit-free life. That's the goal. And when you do that, it's like a whole game changer. And now when you're moving through transformation and you have those days where you're not producing as fast, the results are not coming as quickly, all of a sudden now you look you look at your current station like you triage your current position and you look around and you say you know what if I stop now I still am around this bullshit it, it further incentivizes you to keep on moving forward and it increases your focus and your intensity and your tenacity to not stall but to actually you know dump some accelerant on your process here so that you can keep on moving and that's so it becomes like a whole entire thing, but it's 100% up to you to be triaging that position and going. And for me, maybe it's different because right now I'm operating in a space where I'm not on a career track. I think, you know, looking back within the field of nursing, my self triage was 
okay, what, what are my weak spots? What do I need to learn so that when I move to becoming a flight nurse, I'm going to be able to help any person who calls us. I don't ever want to be in a position where I don't know what to do for the person who I'm, I'm the one that they're calling to help. Like I'm the help that the help calls when the help needs help. Like what would be worse when your flight crew shows up and we don't know what the F to do with you? <laughs> now what? I never wanted to be in that position. I always wanted to have the answers. And so it was very easy for me to know, like, what are my weak spots? Neuro is my weak spot. OB is my weak spot. Trauma is my weak spot. PEDS is my weak spot. And then go and then get as much information and get as much experience as I could to learn and tap into the brains of, you know, the brilliant people I was working with and people in the industry and read and all this stuff so that I could become that best practitioner. Like, but it was very clearly demarcated on a, on a, like a, a, it's a career track. Like, this is what you have to do. This is who you want to be. This is what you have to do. The, the cool thing now is that I'm making this stuff up. Like, who is it that I want to be out here? What's the organization that I want to build? What's this new income track for myself that I want to have and, and for our family? Like, other people have done it, so it's, I'm, not make, I'm not recreating the wheel, but what I'm saying, it's not a dedicated track like it is when you're on a job. So this is totally different. So that element of checking in and triaging my position is happening at more frequent intervals. Whereas before, it was definitely just go in. There was no financial incentive early on in my nursing career. It was literally like the money was going to be there. I was going to be getting paid. Everything was fine. Everything locked down and loaded. 800 credit score. Like it was very, very in. I never gave second thought to income until the industry started to change. And I remember getting my taxes done one year. And... I had earned more income. Why did I do that? I started working agency and started wanting to, I started to want to make more money per hour because I was talking to people who had come and worked temporarily with us. They were agency nurses and they were making twice an hour what I was making. And then when I did further questioning, I learned that not only was my organization paying them twice my hourly, they were also paying the agency that staffed them. And that pissed me off. Like on the one end, it was cool. Like I can do the same thing, but as that staff person, it pissed me off. Like they always, you know what? I'm getting a 10 cent an hour raise over here. Are you kidding me to manage this amount of conflict and bullshit? This is what you're offering me. And I have to like prove myself like on a daily basis and when that eval comes around, if I get too high of a score, that means that somebody else has to get a lower score. Like the whole thing just flipping pissed me off. And the more I started learning about this, and then I went and got my taxes done. And even though that one year I earned higher income, I got crucified on taxes because the only thing that happened was it put me into a higher tax bracket. So at the end of the day, my take home actually wasn't any better. Only I was more tired because I worked more hours. I was more frustrated because I was around bullshit more frequently. Like it was this incessant spiral. And I was just like, there's no way out. And then just thank God. Like my brother Carl one day invited me to an event. He was doing um, network marketing 
for this educational company that was involved with real estate investing and entrepreneurship. And I started learning more about um, wealth as opposed to just income generation. And like the rest is history. So it was like one thing after another and it was feeding me the information and what I actually needed but I didn't know how to do it. And I was so caught up like in that day to day of bullshit. I didn't know how to pull myself out, even though I was aware that I had to get out. Does that make sense? And so that it has not, and leaving it hasn't been bullshit free. Like in order to yank myself out of that industry, I had to go through an excessive amount of bullshit. Like you gotta pay consequences for your decisions and for your actions. And it was hard, but I'm telling you, when you start to move in a new direction and you put up those, those posts of what you stand for, your value system, you know, what's your mission, what's your vision, you know, what's this thing that you're doing, you know, you're committing to a long-term goal. You're not always attaching to the vehicle with which you use to move there. And this is in any area I'm giving financial uh, example right now, but for me, that's what it was. And I want to leave, I want to live a bullshit free life. I'm tired of this. Like I'm tired of being around, you know, drunken, drugged up people all the time. That's bullshit. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Like it got to that point. And so when you're in that situation, like the rules for living a bullshit free life, I should probably put a blog post up about this. Like number one, focus on your own shit. (laughs) Don't start shit where there is no shit. (laughs) don't tolerate any bullshit clean up all bullshit like it's pretty pretty simple you know what I'm saying but it requires an active an active participant of yourself like you you've got to be actively involved in the process and do this constant you know you're either teaching your people or you're you know putting up these posts of, of, of what it's going to be and what it's not going to be. And it can be really challenging, you know, as you're moving through that. So if you're at, if you're at that phase, man, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. It gets better, but you've got to continue moving forward. That's why I'm so like into like pushing the envelope. Like you've got to move forward. You've got to go next level. Like there's no other word or way to categorize it or to say this or to paraphrase it. Like in my mind, you can either view this as like a hallway, like you're walking down the hallway and you've got rooms full of bullshit. Like sometimes you're going to be able to clean them up and other times you just kind of like close the door, keep the bullshit in there and walk right past them and go and don't stop until you get to the, to the next door, to the end of the hallway. Right. Or other times it's like a video game and you're jumping levels and down here, maybe you're in the underworld and you're surrounded, you know, by beasts and things that are trying to get at you. You've got to actively move yourself to a higher station to get out of the bullshit. So you're going to have to actually jump higher, fight harder, push, push stronger to break out of there. But I'm telling you, when you do when you do, it's a hundred percent worth it. I would not lie to you. I would not lie to you. But when you're navigating that road alone, which I know a lot of you are, either you don't have a support network, you're surrounded by a bunch of bullshit and negativity. I get it. I've been there. 
you've grown up in poverty, you've grown up in an environment where all you see is badness. After you have your eureka moment of, does it honestly have to be like this? Or I'm so freaking tired of this shit. That's the beginning. That's the encouraging point. Like, holy crap, I don't have to settle for this. I can grow, I can build, I can develop, I can change this. But it is going to require every cell of your being to do that. And you've got to decide which side of the fence are you going to stay on. It only hurts till you make a decision. Okay, when you're feeling that loss of that loss of power, it's, it's just because you haven't committed, you haven't decided, you haven't committed to which side of the fence you want to live on, which side of the fence you want to be on, which side of the fence you want to work on. That's up to you. So it, it goes back to having that mental tenacity of and, and decisiveness of this is what I'm going to do, period. And there's going to be guppies and, and piranhas who are going to try to, you know, peck at you and chomp at you as you're getting your way out. There's going to be people who are trying to pull you back down. They're fearing that you're changing. You're going to leave them behind. They're going to be, you know, razzing you and nagging you. And when you have accomplishments, they're going to bash them down. They're jealous of you. They, 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 they think that they can't do it. I mean, there's all these things when you start realizing why people do what they do you're going to be able to see it clear as day. And when they come at you, it's not going to bother you, which is awesome because as you're moving through the bullshit, you can't afford to just throw rocks at every dog that barks at you. Like you've got to be choosy about where you're investing your energy. So instead of you being like Bambi on the ice and your little legs wipe out, Anytime anybody says something or the winds get strong and it knocks you down, you're going to have some traction where you are now stronger mentally, physically, spiritually. You're rock solid. And even though now you've got crosswinds, you've got, you know, different things that are coming after you, it's not going to matter. You're going to be able to remain with firm footing. And even if you do wipe out, you're going to be able to stand right back up and keep on going. Like that's part of the process. That's part of the building. That's part of like that strength and, and the mental fortitude that you have from the growth process. But if there's one piece of advice I could give you, it's make sure that you're building it right. Like bullshit free. When you do that, it's a game changer. It's hard, but it's 100% worth it, I promise you. So let's go out there. Let's, if you're in, all chips on the table. Okay, this is what I'm going to invite you to do. If you are up for the challenge and your goal is to honestly live a bullshit free life. Okay, there's always going to be conflict. All right. Again, this is not sunshine and rainbows. This is not, you know, artificial world, but like bullshit free life where you're able to remain on on the offense, in the driver's seat all the time. You've got command over your day where you spend it like you're you're there. And you're able to build bigger and take on different projects and do all kinds of stuff that you can't do because you're tangled up in the bullshit. Let's do this. Send me an email. <gasps> what? Yes. Send me an email. If you're committing yourself to living a bullshit free life. Whoa. Okay. And if you're a freaking spammer, 
dude, I'll kick your ass. Don't do that, okay? So everybody else, if you're if you're committed, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't very nice of me. I take that back. I can't, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but really, don't spam me. Anyway, if you're committing to living a bullshit-free life, send me an email. All right, Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, at transformationgold.org. And put in the heading, I commit to living a bullshit-free life. And if you don't swear, then you can, you know, use the words BS. Okay, let's go out. Let's rock it out. Make it a great day. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us.